0: Everybody, it's Paula Bryant Ellis, and welcome to another episode of Behind Her Faith podcast. We have been away for a short while. We took the month of August to refresh mind, body, soul, and spirit because that is so important. Uh, but we're back, and we're excited. Um, we're refreshed. We've made some changes, but again, we've got some amazing women that we want to bring to you with that are doing amazing things out in this world for. The kingdom. So, with that, let me open up with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, so honored, so humbled, and so grateful to be here today, to be in your presence, to be able to talk about you and share about all the amazing things that you're doing, God, and just letting women know that no matter what they've endured, no matter what they've encountered, no matter where they are right now, that they are over comers in Christ Jesus name we pray amen amen all right so I want to share something with you a demonstration that the Holy Spirit gave me on Wednesday so every Wednesday I have a prayer group um and um that I'm on call with they're women basically out of Sacramento um I'm the only one in the Los Angeles area but every Wednesday now for oh the better of three years we have every week, we're on this prayer call six o'clock every morning. And so this Wednesday it was my turn to leave. And as I was praying, um, I, ha- I love chimes and I had just bought some new chimes and you'll see them behind me and they were outside and the wind was just slightly blowing and I could hear the chimes as I was praying. And on this particular Wednesday, Um, I felt led to only have us praise. So for 45 minutes, we were just in praise and worship. No praying, just worshiping God, thanking God, praising God, singing hallelujah. If you can imagine, it's like 12 of us on this call and that is all we're doing. And you can hear our voices and you felt this move, this thing that just started breaking in the midst of us praising God. And so when I got off the call and I was just sitting there for a moment in God's presence and the Holy Spirit said that our praises were like those chimes. And I was like, oh, that's good, that's good. So he gave me this and I wanna demonstrate it for you. So he said, when, One of us is praising him. It sounds like this.
1: It's still beautiful,
0: right? One person praising God. He said, but when we come together on one accord, how we sound,
1: right? I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. And then
0: he showed me this. He said, even when we're like this, we're all connected. Every chime is connected by this string. And we're connected to something bigger than we can think or imagine. (laughs) Isn't that good? So bigger than we can think or imagine, we are attached to God and his movement. We're all connected by this stream and we're all meant to work together. And if you notice, every chime is a different length. And I even have chimes that they're different lengths and different widths, I mean, different dimensions because we are different. Right, We're not all the same, but we are connected. There isn't multiple races. There is one race, y'all. And this is what it sounds like. And he said the breath, our breath, when we're praising him is the wind. And we're like chimes. He said, I don't hear the way you hear. He said, I don't hear you saying hallelujah and praise God and thank you, God. He said, what I hear is this. <clears throat> Isn't that good? I love that. I love that. That was such a powerful analogy when it comes to not only us as individuals in our praise and worship, but also how we are meant to move together collectively as one, right? For the kingdom, the thing that's much bigger than we can think or imagine. We have no idea what the hand of God can do. And he says, I don't hear the way you hear. He says, when you guys are together and you were praying like that, that's what I heard. I heard this wind coming through you and it was beautiful. And it was moving me and it was drawing me to you. And so as you felt that thing breaking, he said, that was me. That was me breaking off all of that negativity and all of, all of that unforgiveness and all of um, the things that we set in um, day after day after day, those fights of, of, of trying to continue to push forward. He said, that was me breaking that off of you because you were calling me on one accord to you. the the word says we're two or three, two or three. He says, it just takes two or three to be gathered in his name. And he says, I'm smack dab in the middle of that. And look what's in the middle.
1: That good? Oh
0: my God, that was such an amazing analogy um, after prayer on Wednesday. I was just so fired up. And even this morning, as I was up doing my praise and worship, I could still hear those chimes just in slightly in the background in my head as I was giving my praise and sending up my praise and worship. And I was thinking about all the other people that were up in that early morning hour with me. It doesn't matter whether we're in the same city or the same state. It doesn't even matter whether we know one another because we're connected. And what I started thinking about were all those other people that were up at the crack of dawn worshiping and praising God, giving him the first fruits of our day, the first fruits of our lips, the first fruits of our thoughts, right? We were excited to be in his presence. In the mornings when my alarm goes off, I've been practicing this thing where I say, behold, Lord, I am here. When the buzzer, when that that clock goes off, it's not about, oh my God, it's the alarm. I gotta get up, I gotta go pray. No, it's behold, Lord, I am here. I sense your presence. I sense you calling me. I sense you drawing me near. If I sit there and I just think about, oh my God, I'm sleepy, I'm, I'm tired, then that's all it's gonna ever be, right? Because that's the energy that I'm putting out. That's the thoughts that are running through my head. I have to change the thoughts that are in my head. So behold, Lord, I am here. When, when, when um, Christ called Philip, to go pray for the eunuch, and he told him to get up, this is in Acts 8, he says, Philip jumped up and said, behold, Lord, I am here, I feel your presence, and I want to move when you say move, go when you say go, stop when you say stop, so if you tell me to go to the desert and find this eunuch and pray for him, that's what I'm going to do. So I would encourage you to think about that as your alarm clock goes off in the morning and wakes you up and you're thinking about how tired you are. Think about saying, behold, Lord, behold, Lord, I am here. All right. All right. With that, we are so excited. Got an amazing guest for you. It's so funny. Uh, Maylani Welbeck is with us today. And we shot this last episode of Behind Her Face in July, right? Um, my associate producer uh, was getting ready to go on vacation, so I thought, you know what? We should just take the month off. I'm going to take the month of August. I'll do this last episode. I got it all together. I can do it. I can do it. Me, you know, you know how we are. So Melani actually came here, and we had the best time. We were hee and my husband calls it hee hee and ha ha. And we were just talking about our love for God. And it was just this amazing conversation. And guess what? No audio. <laughs> I have footage, but no audio. So somehow I, of what I totally refuse to accept is that I probably had this uh, uh, system on mute. And so we had this beautifully shot video with absolutely no audio. So Melanie Welbeck was gracious and kind enough to come back today and kick us off season two, episode one, Behind Her Faith. Welcome, welcome, welcome. She is the editor of a brand new magazine called Shameless, melanie Welbeck.
1: Hey, Maylani. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dance in like last time. <laughs> we just danced into the worship, that's all, the chimes. <laughs> Yes. Isn't that amazing? Like that was, we had so much
0: fun and I could not believe when I downloaded that there was no audio. I was just sitting, you have got to be kidding me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but Lord, maybe we, we didn't say something we're supposed to say. I'm trying to make sense of it. (laughs) Right.
0: right? Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. Yes, um, doing this again with us and obviously God wanted you to come back because there was something that we probably didn't say that we should have said so uh, and I'm happy to do it with you all over again yes <laughs> um,
1: tell
0: us, how have you been just surviving through this whole COVID um, season and transition and staying focused on what God has for you
1: Oh man, COVID. I've been very I think the first, you know, when we first heard about COVID, everybody was on high alert, you know, wash your hands every time you go outside and I was one of those too. I, you know, everybody had to strip down and take showers before they could sit on the couch. <laughs> but eventually, um I just kind of realized like if if you know they say nothing that happens to you does God doesn't know about, you know, everything g- passes through God's hands. So I was like, you know what, if I get COVID, he allowed it and I can't keep living, you know, it was more about living in fear than caution. And so eventually I started kind of releasing that fear and allowing myself to just focus on, like you said, my heart was kind of like, um, there's a need here. And that need was drowning out the sound of what if, you know, virus, what if this, what if lose job, what if whatever. And I remember, you know, even when I was talking to you and I said, man, I gotta do something. I need to be on the front lines. We're at war. Like there's something happening I can't be at home binging Netflix. (laughs) That's not my position, you know, that's embarrassing to me. So (laughs) um, when you had, you know, and then you kind of called me out and you were like, yo, that magazine, that magazine sitting there, you know? (laughs) Um, And so after I released the magazine, I, I realized this is not a time to be worried you know this is not a time to be fearful this is not a time to and I love to relay what's happening in our our earth with what was happening in the bible you know and I think you know when uh the Israelites were leaving Egypt would you have would I've been stayed because I was scared or would I've gone with them you know I think about what would I be or who would I be and what would my position be when all the things were happening and I keep thinking now with the, you know, racism being exposed, like all the stuff that's been happening, I, I can't, I have to be on the front lines. I, my heart is always on the front lines. I never want to be, you know, and by looking at that, looking at these things in that perspective, I just keep going to God first and saying, okay, hey, what do we do about this? You know, what do I do about this? How can I do this? Can I, you know, and that's the best way for me to be able to focus on in this time of uncertainty and worry and fear, people losing their jobs, you know, and it's it's hard for even the pedophilia thing that's going around, you know, there's so much and it's so hard for me to, if I focus on one thing too long and I start thinking about it and overthinking it'll, it'll cripple me. Mm -hmm. And I can't move how I need to move. And I used to think I was broken. I used to go to God and be like, Lord, you know, when we feed the homeless, this girl, she always breaks down and cries. And, you know, when we're talking about racism and I've been, we've been protesting consistently for 14 weeks straight every Saturday, these people are crying. I, I, how come I'm not crying? Like, how come I want to be moved? You know, <laughs> am I so detached? And one thing he revealed to me was like, you're, it's not about emotion. It's about It's You got to go out there with a level head. You can't be moved emotionally. And so I'm aware of the the things that are going on and all the little, the protesting and the, you know, COVID and the politics and the people dying, I'm aware, but I have to stay above it and stay focused so that I can move without breaking down and crying or without getting angry and throwing a brick through somebody's storefront, you know what I mean? It's a good point because
0: I think that so many times um, we should always be asking God what movement does he want us aligned with? Right. Every movement, we can't all go out and do all things, but our voices can be used in specific ways. Jesus understood the alignment, the the movement that he was aligned with. Right. And, um, and he didn't let anything change his course.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that we as ambassadors as warriors as believers have to do the same thing with the holy spirit where do you want me it's 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 you know i'm always asking every morning what's my assignment for today you saved me for a reason i woke up people are dying in their sleep it doesn't and age has nothing to do with it anymore we we know that people are dying in their teens and their 20s 30s 40s 50s and on up right so You saved me for today and I don't want to waste today. So what is it that you have me? What do I need to do for today? What does the assignment look like? And am I aligned with the right things? Because if I'm not, then I'm always asking him to course correct me.
1: Yes. Oh
0: God. If I'm uh, if I'm aligned with the wrong thing, because I don't want to waste my time, God. Mm -hmm. And because my time is precious. My time is limited on this earth. So if I'm not aligned with where you want me to be, course correct me so that I can do what you would have me to do in the way that you would have me to do it, right? And I think that's so important for us, especially right now when there are so many things happening. All, and it's not to say that any of these things are not important, but it is to say that I understand that I have purpose
1: yes. and
0: I'm here and I can be much more valuable to the kingdom when i'm aligned with the thing that he's called me to be right and that's
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's funny that you know at the end of the day i think we get distracted i remember i i actually posted something about it about how god was kind of showing me like where in acts where in acts did i start listing the disciples gifts and talents that I start listing this, this is how they save people. You know, so-and-so played a bomb song and 50 people ran to the altar. Like there wasn't none of that. The purpose, everybody has the same purpose. You're supposed to be discipling, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's things you got to do, but I think like the biggest, there's causes and they're so important. And yes, you want to fight for freedom. Yes, you want to save lives. That like, you got to stop, you know, injustice. But the umbrella of all that is make disciples because if nothing else, the biggest thing you can do for someone is, is save their soul. Yeah. You know? And that's the umbrella. That's like, okay, yeah, we're marching. Yes, we're doing this, but I'm like, we got to start discipling people because like you said, tomorrow is not promised. And I did, I did nothing for you. If I, you know, became famous and forgot to tell you about Jesus, you know, right. and I was, we lost, we lost the art of conversation. We lost the art of testimony. We lost the art of simple. We believe that we can only, save people once our following gets big once our song blows up once our book goes viral once our videos hit you know however many views that's good and it's it's a conversation you know it's
0: that's good i it reminded me i just had a conversation with someone the other day and i said when i get to heaven i want god to say see all those people over there those were all the souls Mm. that you saved
1: Mm. Those
0: are all the souls, you know, I want to look over there and see millions. Yes, yeah, Jesus. Millions, right? Yes. That those are the souls that you were saving and you didn't have any idea, but you were obedient. You were persistent in, in talking about who I am and talking about having a relationship with me, right? I say this all the time in this season, this is what I've been told to do. I have been told to talk about you have got to have a better, a different relationship with God, not that are different, right? Another level of intimacy in Him, so that you can get all of the things that He's, all of the seeds in you, right, um, out before you leave this earth. That's really what this is about. Yep. Come here, and and um, you and I have been talking about my garden, and you know if you if you break open uh, a squash. The, there's one squash but there could be 50 seeds in that squash and all of those seeds have squash in them that have 50 seeds in them mm-hmm. so the exponential increase is unbelievable right and i believe that's who we are There we're fruit but there's some amazing seeds in us that we've got to get out because those seeds have seeds and it's there's an exponential increase that comes with that so for me in this season i understand the importance Uh, encouraging people to have a relationship with God so that they can then learn who they have been called to be. And what the enemy does is constantly attacking you, telling you, you can never be the thing. And so he spends all his time telling you what you can't be when God has already made you that thing. You've just got to walk it out and believe it. So that's so important in a season we're in right now, the politics, the systematic racism all the murders right um that we're seeing all of these people dying for no reason whatsoever and and dealing with covid um and and what is so amazing during all of that no church service (laughs) right no access to church as we know it because he's saying what you know ain't working (laughs) no
1: it is not no it is not and that's what i've loved and people it's so funny because people people think i'm like this blasphemous woman because i'm like when the church closed and people were protesting for the the you know the building to be open i can't do this we need fellowship you know i was like first of all okay chill because they didn't cut off access to God. They cut off access to a building. And if you read Acts, right? In May, when it was, like come on, Pentecost was in May. Like when you read Acts and you see, what did they do? They took the church to the people, yeah. just like we are. And, and, and that's, in and Acts is when the, when, it, when the gospel spread the Like that was when the gospel spread and set fire in a, in a time when there was no building, because it couldn't. Because unless you can travel all the way to where Peter was preaching at so-and-so church, you were gonna get the word. Mm-hmm you were going to get the gospel. And that idea, that limited idea of, Oh yeah, I need fellowship for my faith. Is yeah, I, need, I get it. I get the companionship, but like you always preach and talk about, this is a time of intimacy. Yes. This has been beautiful. I've enjoyed, oh. <laughs> I've enjoyed going to my God in my little 5am, whatever, doing my thing. <laughs> so funny
0: talking about acts, that's what I've been studying now since, um, probably the first of the year. And I've really been taking my time. And in Acts, you know, the way the word was spreading, the majority of those people were doing it by foot. They were walking. (laughs) We can't get in our cars when the churches were open to go to church. And now people are complaining that the church is closed. And they were walking, right? Days. It took them days, sometimes (laughs) to meet sometimes right to get to the next um they really weren't even cities at that time there were some major cities but they were really just communities right there were pockets of communities that the disciples were going to to spread the word and that's what it looks like for us today i believe that god is calling us to pockets of communities pockets of communities of people just like my prayer call is a community I have, believe it or not, I've only met one woman on that call. Mm. And we get on there and we will war, we will cry, we will pray for whatever God tells us to do. Cause it's not about us. No, Mm mm-mm, mm-mm. About our relationship with him and being obedient to what he's called us to do. And that's what those disciples were doing, right? When he was telling them to go and they were picking up and they were moving. And and think about sometimes how he had to scatter them, right? He he had to set a fire under them because they were all sitting back and they were kind of hiding out. Um, And then you have Paul who then is coming in and chasing them, which then scattered them and made the word spread even further. And I think that's such an important note to take as we are going through this thing or everything that we're going through right now is that there are so many people that we haven't even begun to touch that need that word. They need that word from God. They need to know that he loves them and that he wants a relationship with them. And that even though they may be an individual chime that what he hears is beautiful. Yeah. And that they are connected. You may think you're alone, but you're connected to something bigger than you could ever think or imagine. And that is just such a powerful thing to me. thing.
1: A- Absolutely. And it reminds me when you were talking about the squash and how there's, you know one squash, but there's a bunch of seeds, it made me think of like the idea of connection, how you have millions of souls, right? Tied tied to you. You saved one person who took that influence and had kids, and saved, their whole family was brought, and then those, like, that connection, and that scene, that generational, you know, harvest, is yours, it doesn't just stop at, like, oh, yeah, I witnessed to somebody at my college, and that, like, that, that little scene, oh, God will repurpose, <laughs> I love that um, example you gave, and the idea that it's, it, it's never, it doesn't end, it's connecting, and I love the garden analogy, <laughs> <laughs> I love the garden
0: So much. So I started a garden, um, recently moved, bought a house that, and this is what is so amazing about God, right? You've been here, you know, I recently moved and bought this house and everything is cement. And I almost didn't buy this house because the yard, the front yard and the backyard, cement. And I was like, these people had no vision. What is it? (laughs) I need need some green. And I was and I had just made a simple prayer. I said, God, I want to know what it's like to have an experience with you in the garden. Now, mind you, I had no thoughts of creating a garden. Wouldn't in my mind. That's not what I was. Be careful what you ask for, because that's not what I thought I was asking. <laughs> I the experience in somebody else's garden. <laughs> is what I'm asking for. And God started with something so simple. He just moved me to a flower bed out front, and he had me start working in that flower bed. The next thing I knew, my husband and I were at the garden center buying pots, tomato plants, squash plants, (laughs) seeds, like it just happened. It wasn't even a thought. We just moved. And now I look back and I'm like so amazed at how We've taken all of this, which we were so focused on. Oh my God, all of this cement. And it's so ridiculously expensive to have this stuff taken out. But now we don't even pay attention to it. We walk outside and we are so tickled about what God is showing us with his hand. The power of the seed, the power of the intimacy, that you have when he's ministering to you and talking to you out there in that garden. It's like nothing else I have ever experienced. So if you've never grown anything um, edible Mm -hmm. and um, you would not understand this experience, but what I would encourage you to do, if it's, I don't care if you live in an apartment and you have a little patio or maybe you don't even have a patio, but you have a window, go get you a small little tomato plant something that will grow indoors um, and close to a window. Grow it and eat something that you grew with your own hand. And there is this moment, there's this connection that starts to happen. I could see the exponential increase happening. I started, and I know what seed time and harvest is. I understand it, but there was just this clarity that came to me And this connection with God that I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, I asked for it, but then I wasn't expecting it. And then when I got it, I was
1: like, oh my God,
0: (laughs) it's such a beautiful thing. And I think to me, that's a great segue into shameless because shameless is the fruit from you, right? (laughs) That's. Uh, You're that seed and it's fruit from you. And now there are all these seeds that are going to go out, right? All of the things that shameless is doing and you're going to start to get this exponential increase and you may or may not ever, right? See it or know it. But there are so many people that are going to be touched by what you're doing. So I want you to talk a little bit about the vision for shameless. And I think it's so important for people to hear you talk about how long you sat with that vision of what god gave you before you launched the vision and then and even to the point of having megan on the cover was something he gave you before you had ever had any action with her ever met her right he told you he wanted something for from you and you trusted him no matter how long that journey looked. So I think it's so important for people to hear that. So start with just the the vision of why shameless. Yeah.
1: So the vision of shameless, um, it came basically anything that comes from my hands, God makes me go through it first. If I've ever told anyone anything, said anything, whatever, I've had to live it first. And so shameless was something that I had to first become or start understanding what it was. And so It came in a season of my life where I consider it my um, rock bottom, and this is where I had completely—I was begging this dude to love me, like I was, you know what I mean, like. And um, he—he—he used to be my boyfriend, and he cheated on me, and then I ended up being the other woman. I mean, I had no—I had no self-respect at all, you know. I at least I was getting some attention, and so one night he had told me all the reasons of why he cheated on me, and it made me cry because I remember asking him like, "Why don't you love me?" And even stepping out of that in that moment, I was like, "God, girl, what, what do you mean? Why are you begging this fool?" You know. <laughs> and so I went back home and I just cried, and I was like, "Look how far you, look how far you've fallen!" Like I was so ashamed of myself, you know, so ashamed. Um, and I was crying, whatever. And so at the time, God had given me; He had told me that He was going to give me an idea for a magazine. And I had written down some titles, but I didn't want to move until he confirmed anything. You know, I needed him to, I, you know, I make this clear. It's about you, not me. And so he had told me to go to church. And I was like, um, I don't want to, you know, no, because I, I was going to an in-home church and I didn't want people to ask me what's wrong because I was crying and I was just broken. And so he told me if I go, I can hear the title of, I'll hear the title of the magazine. So, of course, I jumped up. I was like, whatever, I'll take the, you know, I'll take the questions and whatever. And so where we pastor was said, it was preaching and he said the word shameless, like three to four different times. And immediately I, I just was like, oh my God, oh my God. I wrote that. And so I wrote it down and it was so funny because after that, he kind of, God took me on this journey. I was battling suicide, I was battling depression, anxiety. I was raising my son. I was still in college full time. I was, you know, trying to be like, I was living with my mom and I was taking the bus everywhere with my son. He was only a few months old. Like I was, I was just going through so much. And God was teaching me how to get closer to him and how to, you know, lay everything down at his feet. Like I really couldn't, there was no part in my life he didn't have access to. I was completely, you know, the founding verses Genesis, I think 520 something, it talks about how Adam and his wife were naked and unashamed. My life was so exposed to him. Every area he had complete access to whether I wanted him to or not, he turned everything into a dang lesson, you know? (laughs) I couldn't get away with nothing, like, he says, Yep, I want that too. And that little fear, that trauma, that anger, give it up. You know, and so now that's the whole that's the whole message of the magazine is, is inspiring and encouraging people to have this bold relationship with God where they don't pick and choose what they take to him, but they take everything, you know. Think, you should be bothered when someone says somebody's name and it irks you or it makes you angry. That shouldn't sit right with you, you know, like those things and feuds and all this stuff. Yes, your dream's fine, whatever, but all the stuff you don't you don't even care to have healed that he cares mostly about like that type of relationship you know religion free without the extras and so that was the message like oh man people got to be like this people got to see their you know people need to be more exposed and let him work on them cuz my god this is beautiful <laughs> you know <what> i mean <laughs> so that was the um that was the vision is to just teach people like man you can't This walk doesn't call for shame. Like you can't hide stuff from him. You can't, oh, well, maybe I'll just, you know, I don't care about this. I want to give him that. And God's like, no, I don't care about that. Give me that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Funny, we all, we all, we all decide what we want to give him. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Always the wrong thing.
1: (laughs) Always. You want to give him your platform. And he's like, what about that dad issues? You know, (laughs) let's talk about that. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's good. (laughs) you posted something the other day it was something like um satan calls you by your what did you say satan calls you by your sin your sin your shame yes god calls you by your name i thought that was so that was so spot on because it's just like you were saying you were sitting in all of this shame. And he was constantly calling you by that name until the point where you were, you were comfortable with sitting in all of the shame, right? That's what led you to be the other person in that relationship was when you decided, well, at least somebody's paying me some level of attention. And if I'm the other woman, I'll accept that, right? And God was going, no, right? This is what I love about him. He's like, no, Maylani, this is where he left the 99. And he was going, Maylani, come with me. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was hard. I sat with the magazine. It took me. So he gave me the, he gave me that you're going to do magazine. But like you said, when he had said Megan was going to be on it, even in that, I was like, I'm this, who am I? Nobody knows me. I'm a nobody from San Bernardino. San Bernardino is one of the most dangerous cities in America. I'm born and raised from there. (laughs) Like, how is she even going to talk to me? Like, she's not going to want anything. I have to, I have to build an empire first, get famous, get followers for, for me to have some credibility for her to even look my way. Right. But I was like, but if he told me that's who on the cover, that's who he wants on the cover. And I didn't even know her whole, I just knew she was an actor. I didn't know she was a woman of God. I didn't know she was a prayer war. You know, I just, I was like, man, good. I'm interested to know why, you know? And so one night I had researched her and I noticed in every single interview dating back all the way to when she was a teenager, they would ask her, so what's something you need on your nightstand, right? Some little dirty question. (laughs) And she would be like my Bible all her interviews, she always talked about God. She always talked about her and I was like, oh, she's been a believer for some time, you know? And so God kind of set the mark, like this will not get done until this happens. And so five years of tweaking it, editing, interviewing, designing, uh, photography, we take our own uh, original photo, like for just waiting for that, because until that happened, nothing else could happen because he declared that that was what was gonna happen. So then when it finally did happen, you know, I was like, oh my, oh, I, I told her about the magazine when I met her, the Holy Spirit told me that she would ask about it. And I was like, how's she going to ask about it if I don't talk to her about it? Right. (laughs) I was like, okay, whatever. We we made it this far. It's been five years. And (laughs) she asked me, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a graphic designer. And my husband goes, yeah, she's working on a magazine. And she looked me dead in my eyes and goes, what's the magazine about? And I was like, yep, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And when I told her the vision, she started crying. She started crying. And it was crazy because after I was like, hey, you know, I was wondering if this is, you know, would you be interested in being a part of this? And she goes, absolutely. Gave me her number and it it didn't take the following. It didn't take anything I thought I would need. It was just God saying, this is what's going to happen. He put yes in her heart before I even met her. Yes, oh, that's good, that's good. You know why? Because he says he's gone before us. Ooh, yes. If yes. he's gone
0: before us, he has surveyed the land. Yes. Right? And he's, 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 he's put all the provisions in place that you need along the way, right? And that's why we have to have confidence in our journey with him, right? That That he would never, send us down a path to harm us. And if he's willing to go before us, what he's saying is I've surveyed the land. Mm. I've put provision and all the things that you're going to need along the way, but I can't walk it out. You have to walk it out. And this is faith. This is where you and I connect. And this is where faith steps in. And it's your faith that will lead you down the path right and that's so good because five years is a long time right when you a lot of people can't wait six months for something god gave them (laughs) you are willing to sit in obedience in that thing and not move and everybody else would have been trying to do another cover well maybe i could see if so-and-so knows so-and-so and get them on the cover but you waited until God had her cross your path. And it was nothing that you really done. You were in the position that you were supposed to be in because when God is setting something up for us, what I've learned is when he's giving us instruction and he's saying, wait right here, he's saying, wait right here, Maylani, because there's a provision coming. Megan is coming your way. And it won't be anything that you did other than having faith in me and the weight. Yep. Yes. yep. You did brought her your way. It was your faith in the provision and the weight. and here she's coming. And at some point in time, as long as you don't move.
1: There it is. You're right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh,
0: she would have passed you by, but because you waited right there right? That was the intersection. That's God. And the only thing is you have in this moment is the faith and the weight, right? The obedience to wait right here, to trust what he gave you, to not put a time clock on. Mm-hmm. The- Cause you know, we're notorious about putting a stopwatch on God. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't even have time. I don't know what you're talking about. That's- <laughs> right. That's- the young do but no. You know, So what? Four hundred years. I don't know what those Israelites are talking about.
1: I have time. <laughs> that that was exactly it. And after, funny thing is, after I met her, and she said yes, we didn't shoot for a year later. So wow. even after the yes, I was like, what the? Heck? I mean, I was I was frustrated. I was impatient. I didn't push anything What I was doing. But I definitely was so, I was frustrated. And then this after, and then as the five years, you know, happened, Instagram started popping, people were launching businesses and you're seeing all this, sis, launch your business, girl, do what you got. And people, and I'm just man, like, and I'm sitting here, sitting on something nobody knew because at the time, my mom didn't know. Nobody knew I was working on this. I was so adamant about protecting it with everything. I told my mom the year, this year, that I had it. I said, oh, by the way, I've been working on a magazine, Megan Good's on the cover. I'm going to release it. Surprise. And she was like, what? And I was like, I've been working on this since I was living with you. And she was like, okay, you know, nobody knew. And I was, so it was like, I had this secret little big thing. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would go to my computer crying. I would get depressed sometimes because I thought like, God, maybe I did. I do something wrong. You know, it was a lot of doubt, but like you said, that, that obedience to me, I was like, but I can't, I can't. Push it because he already told me she was going to be on it, and so if I push it, I won't. I will never celebrate that release. That will never be a win for me. I won't be proud of that. I can't live like that. And so I had to wait, and then it finally happened. I was like, oh hallelujah! She goes, what times do you have? I said, girl, whatever time you have, my team will work with it. Two a.m. Thursday, cool. Like you know, I was like, we get this out.
0: <laughs> I think there's so many lessons there, right? Because not only are you talking about what you had to endure in your own way. But all the things that were happening around you, where people were trying to pull you in, right? Pull you in. This is where we get off course. And this is how we can get off course with God. That's why I'm always saying, God, course, correct me. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, especially with social media, I think there's so many people who um, are looking at social media and they get so excited and they want to launch something because somebody else launched something. And instead of waiting and ensuring that thing that they're pushing out there is what God gave them, um, they get so excited. And we've, we've gotten to the point where everybody defines everything by followers, you know, and I'm, but I was talking to a young lady a couple of weeks ago, and she said something so good. um, This goes back to acts, right? We were just having this conversation about Um, uh, faith in what God had called us to do. And she was saying that she used to get on Instagram and she would be so upset because her following wasn't growing. And she said, she was like doing everything she could possibly do. And she said, she started becoming obsessed Mm
1: -hmm. with
0: the numbers. Right. And she said one morning when she was praying, she said, she started crying and she just, she said, I felt like a failure. Like all these other people are doing stupid things that don't matter. And they're <laughs> right. <laughs> 99% of what is on Instagram does not matter. Not at all. People were doing the dumbest things and their Instagrams were blowing up. And here I am, I'm doing this word. I'm trying to get the word out and I can't get any followers. Yeah. And she said, that the Holy Spirit told her, That he wasn't interested in those followers. He said, I only need 12.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: I only need 12. That's all I had to build the church was 12. And she said, in that moment, she said it was so freeing for her. She was able to release all of what she was feeling in that anxiety and the way she was measuring her own self, right? And the work and her worth. And she was able to release that. Mm. And she said, now I don't look at them. She said, I realize what I've been called to do isn't about numbers. It's about a message. Mm. It's about getting a word out. It's about those souls that we want to save before we leave here. And I was distracted
1: by the numbers. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful. And it's so crazy because we've all done that. We've all, and, and when you have the word of God and you're like, dude, this is incredible why aren't you you know blow this up you know (laughs) and you get frustrated because you know you have something so valuable but when you look at the shallowness of somebody following an account of the bots the fake accounts the paid followers the ones that don't engage the the one like there's there's the the amount is not as as fruitful or as saturated as you think it's all hollow it doesn't matter do you really want that following you you really want to give you want to throw, you want to cast pearls or you want to sow seed? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, <laughs> there's a difference. And I had, to, I've had to learn that as well. Cause I was like, Lord, you give me such good content, but nobody who's seeing, you know, who nobody's getting are enough people because I feel like more people need to hear this. I can't be, you know? And like you said, it was like, no, it doesn't. I didn't ask for that. Yeah. One's enough. Like you said, he'll go after the one. So you need to be get grateful for the one and stop looking for the 99. <laughs> showed me this last summer, Um, I'm a
0: friend and we usually do an annual girls trip together. Mm And we went to um, Tennessee and we were going to, this is like one of those things on my bucket list that I always wanted to do. We were going to the Noah's Ark that's been, uh, the replica that's been out there um, in Tennessee. So I know no one in Nashville, right? the Holy Spirit tells me to do a workshop in Nashville. I'm like, I don't know nobody in Nashville. <laughs> right. Yes, man, what are you talking about? So um, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be obedient. Cause I'm, I am fighting to walk this lane of obedience and instant obedience, not delayed obedience, mm-hmm. instant obedience, right? And so I, at the hotel we were staying at, I booked one of the small conference rooms. And I said, I I booked a conference room, Um, I put out some ads, um, Facebooks, uh, you know, all the social media stuff. We're coming in, um, uh, we're gonna do a prayer workshop in Nashville at this hotel. Mm -hmm. So my girlfriend and I are up in the room and we're talking, we're getting ready and, uh, I said, I don't know who this is for. I said, but God is telling me I have to be here. So there's some body mm. that I'm supposed to meet. Right. And she goes, well, I'm going to go down. You finish getting dressed. I'm going to go down in case there's somebody down there. They won't, you know, they won't just be sitting there wondering we'll already be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So she goes down and as I'm coming down the hallway, a few minutes later, I hear voices and I was like, oh my God, you really brought me somebody. <laughs> I,
1: <Nashville. laughs> because I was
0: like, I don't know anybody to even try to do something in Nashville. No. And you know, and I usually do small workshops. I like for my workshops to be small and intimate because that's what intimacy is, right? right. It's uh, very personal and that close. So anyway, walk in the room and there are these three ladies sitting there. And I walk in and I say, wow. Mm -hmm. I said, I want you to know that I flew all the way from Los Angeles, California, to Nashville, Tennessee, where I know no one to tell you that God wants a relationship.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they just broke down and started crying. Wow. And one of the ladies was like,
1: I had
0: a relationship with him. And she started talking about life and all the things. And she talked about how I used to get up every morning and I would have prayer with him. And and she said, I would fellowship and I was into my word and I was studying my word. And then life happened. And she was like, and she goes, I don't even know how I got here. I don't know how I got here today. She said, there was just this thing. And I don't even know where I saw it, but when I saw it, I knew I was supposed to be here today. Mm -hmm. I knew it was God telling me that I was supposed to be here. Isn't that something? And I said, well, let me tell you, you are the one. And Uh you, absolutely. I said, the three of you are all ones. Right. And I said, you are absolute proof that God will leave the 99 to come after the one because he had me fly here (laughs) because The Ark is actually in Kentucky. Mm. He had me come to Nashville and drive three hours to Kentucky to go to the ark. So I stopped, when I tell you I went to Nashville and didn't know anyone, that's what I did because that's what he told me to do. And those three women, they were so hungry and they were so wanting that confirmation of God heard them and it was so powerful to be in that moment. And we had the best time.
1: Mm-hmm. We sat
0: there and we talked and I shared with them and we fellowshiped and they cried and you could just see the spirit of God. And then just that connection of realizing what he would go through, right?
1: Mm-hmm. To make
0: sure they knew how much he wanted him, wanted that relationship with them. And so I tell everybody, I know what it's like when God says there's one. Mm. And what I believe in this season that he's bringing to you and I and other women that I know that are building ministries uh, in their teaching and their sharing and they're trying to empower is that he is collectively bringing us the ones. But there are millions of ones. Oh, yeah. There are millions of ones. So if he just brings you one, that's okay. Yeah. Cause that's the one that's the 90. He said 99 over here. Good. But this one right here, I have a word for her and I need you to give it to her. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. When you tell people, they don't have to be ashamed anymore of what they've encountered and what they've endured. They don't have to be ashamed of, um, being molested or being raped or being abandoned. Um, they don't have to be ashamed of depression. They don't have to be ashamed of the mistakes that they made in their life. They don't have to carry that. Jesus took it, put it on the cross so you didn't have to bear it. What and he freed you from it because what he needed in return was that you go out and share that word. And that's what you're doing.
1: Amen. I I love your story. I, I love one thing I've always admired about you is that I always think about. That verse where it talks about being faithful with little, you know. And I think people hear faithful with little and they think it's well, you know, I've been doing this for this, and they start automatically thinking the time, but that faithful is also the mentality. That faithful is how you do it. You said you made a flyer, you booked a hotel. Like you those are that's expensive. <laughs> fly a hotel, like you know what I mean? Like that, like that treating it as if it was 99 or if it was people and a bunch, you know, like that mentality that you have towards every, I watched your followers from like what, 60 (laughs) now, 17.6 thousand. Like, but even in the 60, all the content had to be rich, had to be good. It had to mean something. It wasn't just, well, wait, like everything, like a seed, even your garden, you looked around and saw cement. And then one by one little pot here, vegetables, a little something, here. this is, this is a seed. We'll see. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, but treating everything like it mattered that's so important to have and that's that's back to the followers like faithful faithful do you show up do you show up and pour out do you spend time money energy effort resources on that little or are you waiting for the masses yeah you know and you god sending you out to speak to people is so amazing because i think When we hear God has a thousand souls attached to me, I got millions of souls. I got Wooty, Wooty, for whatever reason, everyone thinks those souls are going to come on this huge platform all in one lump sum. The soul started, the count, the soul count started, baby, when you, when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, that was day one of souls. (laughs) They trickle three here at Tennessee, two here on Instagram, five here. It ain't no big lump. Like once I get a platform on a stage, millions will come.
0: Yeah. (laughs) good, okay, because that is so true. And it's being faithful in those little things, right? It's just, it's planting that one seed um, and being faithful and nurturing it mm-hmm. and loving on it and caring for it and feeding it. And that's what God is looking for because that's what he did. That's how he built his ministry. He didn't go out and he wasn't trying to um, get the masses. He said, he didn't say, I need all 5,000, Right to start my church, he said, Actually, he said, I'm gonna build my church on this rock right here. Peter, I'm gonna give you some support, I'm gonna give you these 11 others, right? And they are gonna help you spread this word. Hmm. And it's not gonna spread like you think it's gonna spread, right? Because it actually didn't, Christianity didn't spread because of the Jews, it spread because of the Gentiles, because I'm too busy, right? They weren't accepting. There was just too much inbred and fighting and all those things going on at that time, right? And in the beginning. And so remember when he goes to, um, when he goes back home, he says, I can't even minister to my own people because they won't accept who I am. But it was really ministering to the Gentiles, that then caused the Christian faith to take off exponentially. So you, it never looks the way you think it's gonna look. He just says, be obedient and trust me and follow me. He said, that's what I need from you is I need you to be obedient. I need you to trust me. I need you to move when I say move, wait when I say wait, right? Pivot when I say pivot, stop worrying about what is going on around you and be focused on me. And you can't do it. Unless you have a relationship with him, that you're there, that you show up, that you're faithful, that you are diligent, that you're disciplined in what you are trying to do with your body. You know, because this journey is not just about us spiritually, because we can be spiritually fat, but our bodies can be in big trouble. They can be healthy, right? And so it's about all of it. It's mind, body, soul, and spirit when you're out here warring and teaching for the kingdom.
1: Yeah. That's so true. And that answers your question. How do you get through, you know, COVID and racism and pedophilia and, you know, everything that's happening, people dying. Like you said, you've got to show up to God and keep your eyes on him. Yeah. That's yes. That's how you keep your sanity. <laughs> well, I, you're not going to believe this, but our hour is up. Boo! No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: Our hour is I'm so looking forward. We are meeting melanie and I, and she has an amazing Bible study group. We're meeting. On, I got to meet with you guys what three weeks, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Do yes. it in the park, um, which is beautiful. We we were like it was pitch black. People had their little iPhones out. We stayed so late. I couldn't believe how long we were there. But oh, the
1: bugs. The bugs. <laughs> It was, it
0: was, um, but it was beautiful. It fed my spirit. So it was so good. And so we're meeting again in a couple of weeks. Um, and we've got a special trip that we're all going to be taking. So I'm really excited about that. I'm taking them all to a farm <laughs> So we're having Bible study at the farm and we are, so, I'm so pumped about it. Um,
1: we're supposed to be vegan so bad. <laughs> you just, there's everything
0: out there. There's, there's goats, there's horses, there's, it's wow. everything. And, you know, we'll get to pick uh, our own vegetables, fruits and vegetables. It's just a really amazing. And what a better way to study the word. And we're we'll going get to have Bible study again out there. What a better way. I mean, there is no better way to do it than to uh, be out there right there in nature with God. It's one of the things that he loves right um, so very excited about that, Elani. And I just want to um, encourage you, if you haven't gotten your prayer boxes, thank you for the orders. The orders have been coming in. I'm so grateful, so thankful. I've had several women order the big boxes for their girlfriend groups, because um, I had one lady a couple of weeks ago, I think she ordered six and she said these are her six closest girlfriends and they normally take a trip together every year and they couldn't do it because of COVID. so she ordered everybody boxes and they were going to get together and have um, bible study um i had another lady um earlier this week order for a group for uh some of her friends and so um it was just really just so inspiring and um so if you haven't gotten your prayer box you can get uh the prayer box just go to gettheprayerbox.com. Um, the small box, our deluxe box starts at $24.99 and up. And then we have our large keepsakes box, uh, keepsake box that also has the pillow um, and um, some other things that's not in the smaller box. So please, thank you for your support. Go out and order at gettheprayerbox.com. And if you haven't seen Behind Her Faith, um, it's streaming right now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, and on UMC.tv. Behind Her Faith, it is an amazing series about four women and the power of their faith. They share their journeys, they uh, expose themselves to us. They're so, uh, just so revealing and so honest and we thank them for that. And so if you haven't watched it, please go out and watch the show. All right, Maylani, I have one last question for Maylani Welbeck. She is the editor of Shameless Magazine. So what the question is gonna be, Mailani. Behind your faith.
1: <laughs> this question hits me over the head. <laughs> um what's behind my faith? I like to say sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. sacrifice, but then more of what I'm learning is that it's a sacrifice, not it's a sacrifice of myself. And every time it's not just time anymore. It's not just, you know, thought space. It's not just effort. It's a sacrifice of what I, my, my ideals, you know, my belief systems, my experiences, things that, you know, time and experience taught me God is unteaching. You know, he's telling me sacrifice your worldview, sacrifice what you grew up with, sacrifice what you, what you've known your whole life. Mm -hmm. And the deeper I go into faith, He's telling me, all right, um, I know that, you know, you you taught yourself to have trust issues. Give that up, too, because now you're about to, you know, you taught yourself that people have to earn your love. Give that up, too. It's free for everyone. You know, like the things that I use to protect myself from getting hurt, the things that I built, the things that were passed down, things that were taught, uh, religion, politics, whatever it was, every time I go deeper, he's saying, all right, give that up now. Give that up and you're gonna walk around as if you don't know anything because I'm gonna re-pour, you know? And so my faith is literally, it started out being built on physical things like, okay, I need, you gotta sacrifice some time, go to church, you know, you gotta sacrifice some energy, go to worship. Now it's inside of me things that are getting sacrificed to grow it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's scary because your, your world views what you think you know, your what experience taught you, what time taught you, what lessons taught you, you think almost they protect you. You wear them like this shawl. You know, you think that's what's going to help you never go through things again. And God is saying, actually, you're going to, you're going to, that's all ungodly. You're going to go through stuff. You've had a million heartbreaks, but I want you to love harder. And again, they're not going to have to earn your love. It's not a treat. It's, it comes for free. You know, you don't get to decide who's worthy anymore. Sorry. You know, (laughs) and those things. So yes, definitely what's behind my, Faith has been just a sacrificial effort as much as possible Mm -hmm. to show up to him and tell him, I am serious when I say that I want to be used by you. I am serious when I say, use me, that I love you, that I'm aware of you being in my life and my purpose. And those sacrifices are his way of saying, prove it. You know, are you willing to give up? Ever, anything god could tell me god forbid <laughs> he could tell me vote for trump tomorrow and if he says it despite whatever i oh jesus i'm gonna have to pray some fasting but <laughs> that's how un unattached i am of what i think i know yeah and open to him so definitely sacrifice oh
0: that's good that's good i love that i love that okay so you
1: know though i'm gonna be
0: worried if I- <laughs> Put trap t shirt like, um, oh no, 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 that's gonna
1: be a secret. <laughs> oh, God. My God. That's be some fasting. I might call you and be like, can you pray with me? <laughs> oh my God.
0: Oh, that's funny. That is Thank you for sharing that. I love that. You're the sacrifice and, and understanding that our relationship with god requires sacrifice because christ sacrificed for us right and um so many people believe and think that that is not the case that we don't have to do that and i and because he did for us we will also for him right um, so with that, Melani, tell us where can we find you and where can we find out how to get Shameless Magazine? Sorry about that. My telephone's going off. No, just the last time. <laughs> it's okay. At least we got audio this time. Um, where can we find you? And then tell us how can we
1: find Shameless Magazine and,
0: um, where can we find you on all the social media platforms?
1: Yeah, so, my personal uh, social media platform is just my name, Melanie uh, Welbeck, M E I L A N I, W E L B E C K. That's plain and simple, nothing fancy, nothing ghetto. <laughs> um, shameless Magazine, the Instagram is Shameless Magazine, uh, the website is The Shameless Magazine. Uh, dot com And I'm happy to announce that now we have physical copies. <laughs> we had digital for a long time. And I was really adamant about getting uh, physical copies at a good price. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have them. So they are officially available, physical and digital purchase. So Congratulations. That is so amazing. That's Yeah, so that's, a. and people were like, I need something tangible. So I was like, I'm trying. (laughs) So yes, theshamelessmagazine.com, shamelessmagazine on Instagram and Facebook, and we're actually getting ready to launch your interview, so (laughs) y'all want to hear what Paula has to say about marriage. She's wise there, not just the garden. She's wise everywhere.
0: (laughs) Thirty years. I think I got a little bit, I can say. Just a little bit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Maylani. Thank you so much for coming back again and joining us. And congratulations on launching Shameless and your journey and being willing to just be raw and be truthful and just share um, in what you're experiencing or have experienced and how God is just growing you and, and using you and not being afraid to be used by him. That's one of the things that I love about you is you don't you don't try to hide your relationship with God. And I, I never see you teeter. You may be struggling in the thing that he called you, but I don't ever see you trying to have your, your uh, feet planted in two different places. You are smack dab in the I rock for Jesus column. And you're not afraid to say it to anybody who knows you, meets you, comes along your way. Everything about you, uh, you are always de- demonstrating how much you love Christ. So, thank you for that. It's one of the things that I love about you, and so grateful that God has brought you into my life. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're excited to be back. We've got more guests coming for you. Um, and you can find us at Behind Her Faith on all the social media platforms. And I'm Paula Brian Ellis. You can find me on Instagram, P. Brian Ellis. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to go out and watch Behind Her Faith.
1: And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.